0: We have a friend here today, Shauna Boren, that's going to be preaching, and we talked to her a couple months ago and said, hey, Shauna, come on up and preach and share what God's doing on your heart down in Texas. And then, uh, as it turned out, Greg is sick. He's home sick today, and so it's awesome that Shauna's here to share with us. So give Shauna Boren a warm Minnesota welcome. (laughs)
1: Thank you very much. It's so, it really is good to be here with you guys this morning, and um, I had to come and uh, experience for myself this mild winter that you guys have been having, and then it started to snow. So <laughs> um, my family and I, for those of you who don't know or don't remember, or whatever, <laughs> um, we lived here for six years, and we endured six brutal, I will say, brutal winters. And then last August, when we um, moved back down south to Texas, you guys have begin to have this incredibly mild winter, so I'm a little ticked off (laughs) at the Minnesota weather, and then when I come back, I guess I brought it with me. I don't know. But anyway, that's okay. I still love Woodland Hills, and I love being here, so it is so good to be with you guys this morning, and um, when we left uh, about seven months ago, we had just kind of started uh, a new book. Um, And that was the book of Colossians and we started in Colossians chapter 1 and just imagine my joy and surprise as I've been Keeping up with the podcast and staying connected to what you guys are doing that lo and behold you guys are still in Colossians chapter (laughs) 1 So I think we're gonna move it on just a little bit and and venture into chapter 2 you guys yeah, shocking, I know. And, and Greg may very well take you back to one, so don't worry. Read with me here, uh, Colossians 2, verses 1, and we're just going to go 1 through 3, so we're not getting too crazy. It says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This message is entitled The Great Contender, and uh, I think that is going to be very clear from the get-go as to why we've called it that. A little bit of background about this portion of passage is that at the time of this correspondence, Paul is in prison. And he's writing to a body of believers that he had heard of. He had had heard about their faith and and about their belief in Christ. And as you guys have been studying and as you know, that took a lot of uh, moxie for the, the believers at this time to actually stand up for their faith. It cost them quite a bit. And Paul had heard of, of their faith in Christ. He hadn't officially met these folks face to face. He didn't found this particular church or body of believers. But the kingdom work that he had done um, in the surrounding cities had its ripple effect. The kingdom work that he felt called to and, and, and the work of God that he felt called to was so powerful that it kind of spread. It had a ripple effect. And I believe that's a special message for those of you here today at Woodland Hills. And and the kingdom work that you will do as a part of this body, uh, it will have a ripple effect. It already has, and it will continue to do so. The things that you set out to do by faith for God, the way in which you allow him to move and work and love through you will go beyond what you see and beyond what you know. And that is just an absolute fact and truth. And here, as we look at these few verses, we get a glimpse of Paul's heart for the people. We get a glimpse of how he feels, a a, a pastorally, fatherly heart for these body of believers. And um, as I was praying and studying over these verses, I really felt like this was really um, what's on my heart for for this body, for Woodland Hills. Um, We, like I said, spent six years here. We um, still feel a part of you. We absolutely love you and believe that God is at work in mighty and powerful ways here. And so... Um, as we read this, just know that um, this is about you guys, too. Right now, we're going to pray. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be here uh, in your presence. Uh, thank you for uh, Norm and, and, and the seeds that he's sown and the work that he has done here for this body. Lord, thank you for the diversity and for um, the kingdom mindset of these body of believers. Father, thank you for the word that you will speak to us today. Thank you for how you love us and how your grace is always shining upon us and how you um, continually remind us how you know us by name and you know us intimately and you know us lovingly and passionately. And so, Jesus, we ask you to speak today. Speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our souls, Father God, and just let your light shine within us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Paul says at the very beginning, he says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you. And that word contending is the same word when, when Paul says strenuously contend in the previous verses in the previous chapter that we're not going back to. That is the same word that means um, to strenuously contend, to agonize. So Paul is saying, I want you to know how hard I'm actually agonizing on your behalf, how hard I'm agonizing for you. And by definition, that word to contend is a verb that means to struggle in opposition. It means to strive or to dispute earnestly. I mean, this is something that is a very, it's an aggressive word. It's, it's not just laying back on your laurels and hoping for the best, but it's really just agonizing over something, really desperately seeking something and wanting something. Now, um, my husband and I have four children, and um, our oldest two are in elementary school, and they are at the sweet age in which they pretty much still, for the most part, believe just about whatever we tell them, and I like that, and I don't want them to ever outgrow that. (laughs) Just accept what we say as truth and, and move along. Um, But especially uh, with things of of God and things of the kingdom, they know our life that we live and the things that we're passionate about. And and for them, that is a reality. They um, love the Lord as much as their hearts know to love the Lord and and as much as their mind understands about the things of God. And and for them, they're still in that stage of life where they don't understand that there are others who maybe don't um, agree or accept or think the same way. And so um, my seven-year-old, who's in first grade, came home one day and was really sad about a little friend of his whom he discovered did not believe in God. And he was really burdened. He was agonizing over this. Um, And he said, but mom, I just don't understand. Why would he not? I mean, doesn't he know that God is good and loving and cares for him? And I said, well, buddy, not everyone understands that. I think that's great that you, that this matters to you and you can just pray for him. And he said, well, mama, maybe if I tell him that heaven is paved with streets of gold, then he'll get really excited and he'll believe in God. I said, you know what, son, <laughs> that, that may very well do the trick. And I left it at that, and I should have known better. Oh, my gosh, I should have known better. Because the next day I'm at work and I get a call from the school. And I was not, not, like, I just have to say, for for this particular child, I was not expecting to get a call from the school. My other kid, yeah, maybe, but this one, no. So um, I get a call from the school, and it's his teacher, and she's very Southern, and she has a very thick Southern accent. So she's like, Mrs. Boren. I said, oh, yes, ma'am, how are you doing? She said, we need to talk about Gavin. And I said, okay, is is he sick? Is there something wrong? She's like, oh, Miss Boren, he has such a sweet heart, and you know I love him. I just love him. And I just love that he loves Jesus, Ms. Bourne. Oh, but Ms. Bourne, he's infringing upon another student's rights. What? What? Yeah, Ms. Bourne, he, um, this little boy doesn't want to know about God, and Gavin is just not going to let it go. And I said, I'm so, okay, so can you just tell me so I can speak to him? What did he do? Was he just talking to him? Oh, no, Ms. Bourne. He had a team of friends chasing him down at recess. <laughs> <laughs> I said, w- were they going to beat him up? Oh no, Ms. Bourne, he just wanted his friends to hold him down so he can tell him about God and the streets of gold <laughs> until he believed. Oh. So Ms. Bourne, I said, yes ma'am, I will talk to Gavin and tell him we cannot coerce people <laughs> into, into the kingdom. Not yet anyway, maybe later. My other son, who's eight and a half, has um, really decided that he does not appreciate the fact that the devil is bad and mean. And so he's agonizing over that, and he um, really believes that if he, he prays hard enough and if he contends hard enough before the throne of God, that the devil will change his wicked ways, <laughs> that the devil will get saved to come to Jesus. <laughs> and so when he tries to talk to me about that, I send him to his dad. Go talk theology with your father. (laughs) Contending, agonizing, wanting desperately for something to, to happen or change. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Uh, it's an aggressive word. It's, it's, it's an offensive tone. Um, it's about moving forward. It's not about sitting back on our laurels and just relaxing and hoping for the best, like I said earlier. It's this is, this is, this verb is about action. It's about doing and being. And I, um, want to point out the reason why Paul feels so compelled to contend back then is the very reason why we feel so compelled to contend for one another today. And that is because we are in a battle. We are absolutely in a battle, and for thousands of years we've been in the battle, and the battle is not yet completely won, and so we have to keep contending, and we have to keep fighting. Back in the very beginning, when God was creating this earth, uh, in Genesis 1, we read the account of where uh, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Thousands of years ago, God called light to shine in the darkness, and today God is still calling for light to shine in the darkness, and that is the battle that we are in. Unfortunately, we still live in a world where there are kids that go hungry and families that don't have enough and Things that happen to people and innocent victims that get caught in the struggle of of, um, bad things happening to them. And there are children who go without and um, there is darkness in this world and God is calling for us to be the light. There are dark places in people's heart from wounds that they've experienced or healing that they need or depression or addiction. There is darkness in the hearts of the people that you know or live by or work with or go to school with and God is calling us to be light in the darkness. There is going to be a time when the light will, will just absolutely take over and overshadow everything, but until then, we are called to be that light in the darkness. And I know the people of Woodland Hills, you guys have got a passionate heart, and you serve the community, and you serve one another, and that's a beautiful thing. And that is a part of what God is calling you guys to continue to do, is to be that light in the darkness. I have the privilege of tutoring a little boy at um, one of the elementary schools in our area. And I've got to say, being a part of this body and being a part of the DNA here and the way that you guys really do strive to serve one another and serve the community and care for others and be the kingdom outside um, of these walls, it, it is something that you don't walk away from you know, we are connected, and that is something that you don't just leave because you change locations. And so Woodland Hills is a part of who we are, me and my family, and because of that, um, I'm always looking for ways in which to be um, a kingdom person in whatever situation I'm in, and take a part of you guys with me, and, and take that Christ with me wherever I go. And so I have the honor and the privilege of of, um, tutoring at one of the schools. And I just kind of go in and I help the teacher with whatever is needed. And I um, have been working with this little boy who is not up to speed um, in his reading, writing, um, testing stuff. And um, as I've been spending time with him, my heart has just kind of gone out to him. But because I'm a kingdom person and because I'm a believer, I'm always listening to see, you know, maybe what God has to say about the situation. You know, in the public school, I can't I can't, there's a lot I can't do and say, but I can always be praying and I can always be listening and I can always be allowing the Spirit of God to guide and direct me. And so that's what I do. And as I've been working with this little boy, I notice, you know, when he's timid about certain things or when he's anxious about certain things or when he doesn't quite want to answer a question or he's unsure about how to write his name, and it just breaks my heart. And so as I've been, you know, just praying for him and trying to encourage him and love him, because that's really all I've felt led to do thus far, I've discovered um, that the reason why he um, is having such a hard time is because um, he, was, uh, he had been um, repeatedly uh, abused by, the mother, by his mother's boyfriend. And, um, and so finally, uh, the you know, child services finally came in and removed him from the home, and he's living with a different family member, but the damage had been done. And this little boy um, just didn't know what it meant to, to try and do something, and, and if he got it wrong, that it would be okay. This little boy thought that if he didn't write his name just right, he would get hit or, or yelled at. And um, the fact that that darkness that he's had to live and exist breaks my heart. But see, as a kingdom person, I'm, I'm called to shine a little bit of light. And that light for him could just be acceptance and encouragement and um, saying kind words and building him up and helping him to have confidence. You see, we live in a world where we are constantly in the tension and the battle and the struggle of the will of the Lord versus the will of the world. That's the tension that we live in. You know, as kingdom people, it's we are constantly battling to show light. And it, we're constantly battling um, the fact that we live in that tension. We live out the righteousness of the kingdom right now in the midst of all that is not the kingdom. That is a battle, you guys. And I'm not sure if you understand. When I say warfare, that is warfare. When you are continually striving to be... Um, What God has called you to be in a world that is consistently resistant to that that's tension and that's a battle and we are contending to be what God has called us to be. We are God's means for impacting this world. We are absolutely God's means for impacting this world. Woodland Hills, you guys are God's means for impacting this world. So think about your day. Think about where you go to school or where you go to work, where you grocery shop, where you run around the lake because you've had such a mild winter and you're able to be out all the time. Think about, think about where, where your feet take you and recognize the fact that you are God's means for impacting your world. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, you are God's means. He chooses to work through people who struggle to live in a distinctively different manner. And that is how we fight. We don't fight the way the world fights. We don't contend the way the world contends. We're not not just going to lay back and do nothing, but the way in which we forge forward, the way in which we go on the offensive is to be who God has called us to be, regardless of the circumstances around us. It is not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we don't see the results that we want. Sometimes we feel like giving up. And I got to say, Paul knew a little bit something about that. You know, he wasn't just um, sitting cozily in prison and waxing eloquent about something that he knew nothing of. He knew quite a bit about hardship. He knew quite a bit about what it meant to fight the good fight in the midst of struggle. All you have to do is look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. When you go home, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at 10 verses, verses 23 through 33, and you'll see uh, a, a little account of the various things that Paul had gone through. Uh, You see the word prison. You see the word exposed to death. That's three words, actually. You see flogged, lashes, beaten, pelted with stones, constantly on the move, shipwrecked, danger. He said eight times, danger, 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 danger. He experienced danger. He's known hunger. He's known cold. He's known what it means to be naked. And, and, and through all that adversity, he didn't allow that to stop him. He didn't allow that to uh, make him believe, you know what, I must not be doing what God's called me to do because I'm facing adversity. No, it compelled him to continue to fight and to continue to move forward. And what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for you guys today? That means that regardless of the opposition that you may receive, regardless of the darkness that you feel may be coming at you, you are still called to move forward and be light. There is darkness in this world, but the beautiful thing is that God has his agents at work, and those agents are you. You are his means for impact. You are his means for shining light in the darkness. So it doesn't matter what's coming at you, know that God, the Christ in you, is flowing through you and is putting those things at bay. Paul was not just surviving. He wasn't just holding on hope for a better future. He was contending, and he was on the offense. He was absolutely given it the best he had. And he was able to do so because he what had risen above the clouds like Greg talks about last week. He understood that the Christ in him would cause him to set his mind on things above and not be focused on the unknowns and not be focused on the things that aren't done and not be focused on the adversary and not be focused on the things that weren't happening the way that he needed them to happen. Not be focused on the struggle. No. To know that despite circumstances, despite the situation that God was calling him to something different and something more and something better, and empowering him to do so. So wherever you are and whatever you do, God is calling you, and He is empowering you because He is at work in you, just as He was at work in Paul. Christ in you will continually move you to reflect the kingdom in every situation. I don't care if you work in the most high pressure, uh, dark, ungodly situation. You are his agent and so therefore there's light shining in that darkness. I don't care if you go to the grocery store and the clerk doesn't know how to ring you up and they overcharge you and they're rude to you and they drop your milk and you know blah blah blah. It doesn't you are the light in that darkness. You are his agent. If you are coming up against people who are hostile and, and rude and um, unloving, you are his agent. You are called to be the light in the darkness. If you know people in the community who are hurting and broken and need healing and health and transformation, good news, you are called to be light in that darkness. And so we don't have to fear what's happening in all those circumstances. That same God is at work in us. And so we've established why. Why was Paul contending? What do we contend? But what was he contending for? How were we going to fight this battle? Paul's prayer for this body of believers, my prayer for Woodland Hills and for all of you is that you would be encouraged in heart. That's what he said. He said, um, let me read it to you, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. He prayed and I pray for you that you would be courageous, (laughs) able to meet difficult situations with confidence knowing that the battle is not always easy, knowing that there are times when you feel weary, knowing there are times when you feel like you can't possibly make a difference, the struggle is too great, the opposition is too strong, but that you would be encouraged in heart, knowing that the struggle that you experience, that the circumstances that you are in, if they're not perfect, knowing that that is not the end because victory does still come. Absolutely. Knowing that we are called to be a light in the darkness. God said, let there be light. And he's saying every, every day, every week, every second, every, every place you go, he's still saying, let there be light. And that light is you. I have a dear friend back home who um, I always tell my husband, I want to be just like her when I grow up. Now, she's just like maybe 12 years older than me. So I don't know how that's going to happen. But um, she uh, is such a godly kingdom woman. And by that, this is what I mean. I mean she serves the community. She loves the unloved. If there is a child who doesn't have a pair of shoes, she's out there getting it for them. Um, She just has it on her heart just to be everything that she can be for for those who don't have and and those who are without. She's an encourager. She um, just... Absolutely loves on people um, her and her husband for the, for a very long time they would buy bicycles and Christmas presents for um, people for kids who whose parents didn 't have enough and because they wanted kids to have good christmases and She just is always um, looking to see how she can serve in particularly children and The reason why she feels that call toward children is because about ten years ago, her youngest son. Um, went uh, to the lake with some friends, and um, down in Texas, you know, it's not the same, the lake's not quite the same, the water was very warm, and it was very stagnant, and her son caught like this one in a billion chance of a virus, and um, it shouldn't have happened, very, very freak situation, and then he ended up, he ended up dying from that. Horrible, devastating situation, and um, in her brokenness, and um, in her pain, and uh, in her need for healing. Uh, she felt God just touching her and restoring her, and she has not stayed broken, and she has not stayed crumpled on the ground. No, God lifted her up and has caused her to be a light in the darkness of so many other kids. You know, she she is a mom to these kids that they may not have at home. She allows the kingdom life of God to flow through her in ways that are so powerful, but it's not, it's not in spite of, of what she went through. It's almost because of what she went through she has this compelling um love for these kids and she allows god to use her god to just flow through her and that's something that all of us can do absolutely every single one of us can look to see where there is hurting in the world or where there's hurting in our neighborhood or even in our family or with our friends where is there the darkness and where is god causing us to be the light paul also wants us to be united in love that was a goal of his, that we would be so knit together, that, we would, that that would be a testimony of Christ in us, that we are so knit together, that we are so bound together in unity, that it would be a witness to others. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about how the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. When we look at battling, and when we look at contending, when we look at making a difference, we don't do it the way the world does it. Nope. We fight with small acts of great love. We fight with sacrificial love steeped in the truth of God. We fight because of who God is and what God has done in our life. We fight because he has transformed our hearts and he has shown his love into our lives. And so therefore we can shine that love into others' lives. That's how we fight. That's how you win the battle. When you continually reflect the love and life of God. And that sacrificial love, that I'm telling you will bring the victory like nothing else. I want you guys to look at this little video about some geese. And this video has a really cool message that I believe is for you, for us today, for this body in particular, too. But how we are called to be united with one another, how we are called to love one another, how we are called to not backbite and berate one another and you know you know just tear one another down the world has enough of that as brothers and sisters of christ as a family we are called to build one another up and be unified with one another and to have one another's back and not tear one another down so check out this video really quick
0: lessons from the geese in the fall we can see geese heading south for the winter geese always fly along in v-formation This is what science has discovered about why geese fly that way. As each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird right behind it. By flying in V formation, the whole flock adds at least 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew on its own. When one goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to fly alone. It quickly gets back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird in front. When the head goose gets tired, it rotates back to another position in the wing. When that happens, another goose flies point. Geese honk from behind and encourage those up front to keep up their speed. Finally, and this is very important, when a goose gets sick or is hurt, it falls out of formation. Two other geese then fall out with that hurt goose and follow it down to lend help and protection. They stay with the fallen goose until it is able to fly or until it dies. Only then did the two helping geese launch out on their own to catch up with their group.
1: That's cool, huh? Now, I know you guys are very jealous of that claymation there. but, But the message is good, you guys. Listen. The way in which we fight, the way in which we reflect the kingdom, the way in which we combat the darknesses of the world, of the world is to be an encouragement to one another, to love one another, to be unified to one another, to build one another up, to have one another's back. And then, you know what? When we do that with one another, that overflows. That will overflow into your family, into your neighborhoods, to your friends, to your schools, and to your workplace. We are called to live a distinctively different life. And that distinctively distinctively different life isn't about a bunch of rules or regulations, but it's about kingdom love shining through us. It's about letting God's light shine through you. It's about recognizing the dark places in which you encounter and allowing that light to shine. It's about you being who God has called you to be without... Being embarrassed without apologizing, being bold, being confident, being strong. Woodland Hills, you guys have got an awesome heart. You guys really want to serve this community. You guys are seeking to to house people who don't have homes, and you guys feed people all the time. You guys have got a beautiful a beautiful heart, a Christ heart, and God wants to say good job and keep going, keep fighting because you guys are winning the battle in the Twin Cities. You may not see it, it may not feel that way all the time, but. You are winning the battle in the Metro. You absolutely, every time that you go into a school and you tutor, every time you go volunteer down at the lift, every time you volunteer in Heroes Gate, every time you lead a refuge group, lead a small group, whatever it is that you're doing to bring kingdom life to a situation, you are winning the battle. And I'm so proud to know you. I'm proud to be a part of it. You guys are absolutely awesome. Without love, you guys, without that unit scene, without love, we're really not the church. Without that unity and without that kingdom love, we really aren't a body of believers. We're not. We're not really unified the way God calls us to be. We aren't really Christ followers and kingdom people if we don't have his love flowing through us, welling up within us. And if you're hurt and if you're broken, then you allow God to transform you and you allow God to bring you healing. You allow your brothers and sisters to hold you up and stay with you until you can fly again. You don't just go off in a corner and sulk all by yourself. No, because God's not done with you yet. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're on the highest of highs or lowest of lows, God is not done with you yet your battle is not over and your victory is still to come you guys the bad um the idols of our time when people who study our culture they say that we we've, we've got some idols in our time and you guys have talked about this before but the three big ones are power prestige and possessions and in order to have power you have to have power over someone else and in order to gain prestige you have to have prestige more than someone else and in order to have many, many possessions, sometimes we take, we gain, we gain, we gain, and others go without. And that is the, ways, the world's way of fighting. That is the world's way of getting ahead and getting over, is to get more for themselves and less for others. And that is not the way that we are called to fight. That is power over language. That is the adversary's way of war, where you must compete, where you must be better than, where you must one-up. And God is calling us to live a distinctly different life than that. We are called to give we are called to serve, we are called to shine, we are called to encourage, and we are called to love. That is the way that Paul would fight. That is the way that Christ fights through his agape love. That is the way that we are called to be light in the darkness. And that is why, you guys, we do what we do. That is why we are who we are for the kingdom, because of God flowing through us. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the situation, regardless of the times where we feel like it's not making a difference, you've got to know that any little bit of light the darkness flees. Any little bit of light and the darkness flees. And so you are making a difference. Mother Teresa quote uh, said this, and I love this quote. It says, if we love until it hurts, there is no more hurt, just love. And so my encouragement to you today is just love. Love until it hurts and then love some more. And love some more and love some more. Let God's love flow through you. Be filled up with his love because you can't give what you don't have. Be continually filled up. Be continually encouraged. Be continually basking in his presence. And then give out that love. and Give out that love and shine and be the light in the darkness. I'm going to pray for you guys. Thank you so much for letting me be here with you today. I love you guys. We pray for you often. I'm going to uh, pray for you now. Father, thank you so much for Woodland Hills. Thank you for these these believers, for this body. Uh, Father, I thank you that they are lights in the darkness. I thank you that they shine in the Twin Cities. I thank you that they shine at Rosedale Mall. I thank you that they shine um, wherever they go. I thank you that they shine um, at Kowalski's. They shine down the street. They shine in Maplewood. They shine at the bus station. Father, I thank you for the lights That you have represented here that will shine forth your kingdom i thank you for the warriors that we have represented here that will fight the battle of 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 your love father i thank you that you will equip them and that you will empower them and that you will encourage them and that you will give them the confidence and the boldness to keep fighting the good fight and to go forth and be who you've called them to be i thank you for all this in jesus name amen if you guys need prayer for anything we've got some awesome prayer workers who will be up here Um, Otherwise, go out and be light in the darkness. Thank you guys so much.